Well, praise the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We're going to talk about what we've been talking about team reach wise. I believe 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, Paul writing to the church at Corinth as he talks about just different aspects of the believer's living and life. And some of the things that I think sometimes we lose sight of um, when we look at life every day from a believer's perspective, what our purpose is, how important is it, what we do, all of those aspects of life, I believe Paul makes them very, very clear. I do want to just kind of give you a little bit of insight also to tonight at 6 o'clock. I would encourage you to be back. I'm going to talk about in light of a, culture, a couple of cultural things that have taken place, one of them has to do with uh, digital, the, the, the new digital move uh, towards world finances. I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight, what's going on, and then also some of the things that's going on right now with inside of the Southern Baptist Convention that I believe that you as a church uh, need to know about and to hear about. And so uh, I will be doing that tonight at 6 o'clock, so I would encourage you to come back for that. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse number 11. I want you to notice as Paul writes, he said, And I, including himself, brethren, speaking to the believers, could not speak to you as to spiritual men. But as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you are not yet able, for you're still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? And here he's going to give an example. When you get down to verse number four, for when one says, well, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, Paul asks the question, are you not mere men? Verse five, for what then is Apollos, and what is Paul? And so he answers that question to identify who we are, servants through whom you believed even as the Lord gave opportunity to each of us. I planted. Paul makes it very clear here. Paul says, I planted. Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Verse 8, now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building, talking about the church there, Corinth, and about the people that were there. Verse 10, according to the grace of God which was given to me, Like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. Verse 11, for no man can lay a foundation 
other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for uh, Paul as he wrote this letter to the church of Corinth. Father, may we take it. Father, digest it, apply it to our lives as we live each day. Father, to, to be a, an influence on the culture and the world around us. Uh, Father, to share the light, to be the salt in a very, very dark and evil world that we find ourselves today. So, Father, I pray that you would take your word this morning, accomplish in the hearts and lives of those who will hear what you intend and what your perfect will is, and we'll be careful to thank you to praise you and to honor you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it, amen. Let me say this this morning, in anticipation of team reaching the things that are coming, evangelism is the cutting edge of the church's mission. That's what we're about. Matter of fact, we're to be instruments of salvation, not the source, merely instruments of that salvation. In other words, to be the light, to be the salt to carry it into a world that so desperately needs Jesus Christ. It's interesting that one of our folks this morning, and I'm not going to mention any name, handed me a piece of paper this morning, typed up, and I thought, how appropriate and how interesting. In light of team reaching what we're talking about, and here's what they typed up. When the church functions as designed, six things happen. Taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 through verse 16. And I thought how appropriate to what we're talking about this morning. And here's the six things real quickly. Believers are equipped. Ministry is enhanced. The church is edified. New Christians are established. The church is effective and the congregation is enlarged. Well, that kind of puts it in a nutshell, doesn't it? About who we are, why we're here, and what it is that we ought to be doing. But evangelism is the cutting edge of the church's mission. God has gifted, the Holy Spirit gifts us at the time of salvation in our lives. We are gifted with a gift or gifts by the Holy Spirit as he wills to do what? To serve in the body, to function within the body of Jesus Christ. Paul, using an analogy of the human body in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, made it very clear that as, just as a human body functions, I don't think any of you have to worry about At 3 o'clock in the morning, your foot looking up at your eyeball and saying you're not needed. Even though it's asleep at the moment and not seen, but I don't think your physical body is ever going to say to one of its other parts that you're not needed. Well, my dear friend, let me share something with you this morning. Nor should we do that in the church. Nor should we do that in the body of Christ. And let me say this, as we look at Team Reach and all of those areas on Team Reach, let me say one thing to you this morning. There is not a single area on there that's any more important than the other area. They're all important. They're all vital to what we are to accomplish in our mission that has been given to us by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. What's going on in the church at Corinth is this. They're picking sides. They're choosing sides. Oh, well, I'm of Paul. Well, I'm of Apollos. And so as we work our way down through here, but I want you to notice with me in verse number 5. I want to spend some time in verse number 5. Because notice the question that Paul asked. So who's Apollos? And then he goes on to include himself. And what is Paul? I would put myself in in, in the same category this morning. So who's Brother Robert? 
Here's what we need to understand. That word, that next word in verse number 5 says servants. It comes from the Greek word diakonos. It's the same word diakonos that is used throughout the New Testament to speak of those who serve, including deacons, okay? We find the word used with deacons, but it's the word serve. It's about serving. So here's what Paul says. Apollos and myself, Paul, we are nothing more than servants. And notice what else he says in verse number 5. Servants through whom you believed. In other words, the instrument that brought the good news of Jesus Christ to the people at Corinth. And as a result of that, they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But here's what Paul and, and Apollos want them to understand. It wasn't about us. It is God who gives the increase. And it is. It is God who causes the growth. So when we consider this, Paul moves on in verse 6 to an agricultural metaphor. Look at verse number 6. Paul makes the statement. He said, I planted and Apollos watered. And then notice the next part of verse 6. But, you see that little three-letter word, but, there? Uh, Let me tell you something. Every time you see that in Scripture, you better hold on because something's getting ready to change. Paul said, I've planted, Apollos has watered, but. Here's what I want you to understand, church at Corinth. Here's what I want you to understand, believers in Corinth. The end of verse number 6. But God was causing the growth. And my dear friend, any time that you and I think we have the ability within ourselves to bring about growth, we're mistaken. Paul and Apollos had done their work well and were faithful in the process. But at the end of the day, It was God who was causing the growth. My dear friend, let me share something with you this morning. There are are things that are necessary in this growth process. One of the things that you see in Team Reach is prayer. I believe prayer is essential, praying for different ones. The Word of God is of absolute importance. And it's a crying shame today that within sight of evangelical denominations, we're quarreling over whether or not the Bible is all sufficient to accomplish what we need today. My dear friend, I'm here to tell you this morning from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, the Scripture is all sufficient for everything that we do, and it has the power to bring about change in a person's life. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. So as Paul said, I've planted, go back to the parables in Matthew, the parable of the sower. The seed has to be planted. What did Luke call the seed? Luke called the seed the Word of God. That's what it is. The Word of God must be planted. We also hear this. Well, how in the world are they going to hear in whom they've not had the opportunity? Well, somebody's got to take it to them. Somebody's got to take it and present it to them. In other words... Someone is going to preach, and I hate to say this, but all of you as believers this morning, as you carry the word, you're a preacher of the gospel. That's what we are, to share the gospel with a lost and dying world that so desperately needs it. But Paul wants to make sure that they understand what's taking place here. Let me say this. The best farmer in the world, I don't care who they are, cannot give physical life to a seed that's planted in the ground. It cannot do it. The only thing you can do is plant that seed in the ground, and then what happens next? 
It's the way it was designed to happen next. God placed it that way. And so is that seed is planted in the ground and it dies and it brings forth life. Well, my dear friend, the best farmer in the world can't bring life, physical life to a seed planted in the ground. What makes us think that we could ever bring spiritual life to a person? We cannot. We can't. Paul wants the church at Corinth to understand, here's what you're doing. Jealousy is beginning to rise up among you because I'm of Paul. Well, I'm of Apollos. Well, I'm of this one. I'm of this one. I'm of this one. And I'm of this one. Whatever happened to us just being of God. That's who we are. Understanding and realizing that it's about God bringing the increase, not us. Paul goes on. You know, the most that we can do, let me, let me say this, the most we can do is to prepare it, to plant it, and to water it. I'm telling you, those ingredients are necessary. Well, let me tell you what, let me, just, let me, let me, let me bring it to where we are today. That's what we're called to do. To do what? To prepare the ground, to plant the seed, and then to water it. And leave the rest of it up to who? Up to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God and through the Word of God, His conviction is brought to the heart of an individual and they realize their need of a Savior. My dear friend, until that happens, nothing's going to happen. Life is not going to come. And the rest is up to God. Look at verse number 7. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters. No, this is what Paul writes, okay? Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, the one who, notice what he says, the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. And then notice he repeats it again when he says, but God who causes the growth. As believers, we're one in Christ. That's what we should be. Matter of fact, we're part of the body. We're part of the body of Christ. We're one in the body of of Christ. And each one is gifted to serve in the body. And let me say this to you this morning. All of God's work is important. All of it is. And let me say this this morning. From the nursery all the way to sitting in the auditorium, what these guys and gal and gals do up back up here every Sunday morning, those who cut the grass out here, clean up this uh, the, the neighborhood up there, from cleaning the toilets to cleaning. Listen, it's all important. Every bit of it. But don't ever let us get to the point that we think that we have a, we've arrived or we have risen to a point that places us above any other one in the body of Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm the pastor. I don't move tables. I don't pick up and take down chairs. I don't empty the trash out of the bathrooms. And heaven help me that I'd bend over and clean the toilet. I want to share something with you this morning, okay? I don't go down that road. Let me tell you why. 
just as Paul said, we're servants together to minister. This is as much my church that God's brought me here as it is yours. And so therefore, let me, if I want to clean the toilets, let me clean the toilets. Why? Because it ain't about me. Until we get to the point that we understand this thing's not about us, it's about him. It's about God, and that's what Paul's trying to get across to the church at Corinth. You need to get yourself down off of this, well, I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so. Whatever happened to us just being people of the book? And then our reward, our reward is based on our faithfulness to the task. Hold on. Not success or results our faithfulness to the task that's what's important you say well how do you know well read verse 8 and verse 9 notice what Paul says he said now he who plants and he who waters are one but each will receive his own reward according to his what his own labor for we are fellow or we are God's fellow workers you're God's field and God's building he said at the end of the day here's what you need to understand We're all one. That's true. But each one of us are going to receive our own reward one day. Let me tell you what you're going to receive it for. It's just as Paul said. Paul said, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. I'm ready to be offered. I've kept the faith. I've fought the fight. He said, I've been faithful to what God's called me to do. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, That's all my desire is, is to be faithful to what he's called me to do. Listen, it's not about success. It's not about results. They're wonderful and they're great when you see them. But my dear friend, one of the things that Paul is trying to get across to the church at Corinth, it's just about being faithful to what you should be doing. So what should we be doing? We should be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with all of those around us. Ministering to one another in the body. Matter of fact, another component of team reach is discipleship. Discipling each other into the ways and the things that God has for us. And then Paul says in verse 10 and verse 11, all of this belongs to God, not to us. Look at verse 10 and verse 11. According to the grace of God, which was given to me. Like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. And and notice what he says, and another's building on it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever considered all of those who came before us? How many of you have ever taken the time to read the testimonies and the life and the biographies of those who who have come before us? You ready for this? How about those who have given their life for the sake of the gospel that came before us? How about those who gave their life for the written word that you and I have and hold in our hands today that gave their life as a result of it? What about all of those who have come before us that have have preached the gospel faithfully and they stood the test of time and integrity was a part of their lives and who they were? Integrity to what? integrity to the gospel, integrity to what God had called them to do. And so at the end of the day, they could could come to the end of the day just as Paul did. 
that we've accomplished what we've been called to accomplish. And my dear friend, at the end of the day, guess what we're going to answer for? What we have done for Christ in our lives as believers. And all the glory, and all the glory for any good work accomplished anywhere, accomplished anywhere, is Him alone. Is Him alone. So today, where where are we? Today, what, what, are, what are we involved in? Today, are we a part of evangelism? Are we, are we sharing the gospel? Are we reaching out to those around us? I, I know many of you sitting in this auditorium this morning, if I ask you to raise your hand right now, today, you know either a neighbor, co-worker, family member, or another relationship that you have or lost and need Jesus Christ today. I would imagine everybody in this auditorium could raise your hand. The question becomes, are we sharing? Are we praying? Are we going into all the nations? Paul said, here's the problem. You're not spiritual, you're fleshly. Why? Because you're picking sides. My dear friend, it's not about picking sides. It's about picking one side. And that's Jesus Christ. And Him alone. So if I could encourage you and challenge you with this this morning, it would be this. Let's get busy. Let's get going. Let's get sharing. Let's take it outside of the building. But let me tell you where that starts. It starts individually with us in here. Amen?